Checking for me pod starts right now o'clock. I'm Rachel Jarofsky. I'm Cody Wilkins. And as per always, appreciate you for checking for us today. Rachel, tell me of your world. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. You know, it just no one's checking for me. I feel no one's checking for me right now. I'm is anyone checking for you? Soft no. Uh I had one exciting moment of checkery. A friend of mine through a friend of hers, through a friend of hers, got an email about a job opening uh, for a copywriter for a uh, like a ladies first dating app, like a similar to Bumble kind of dating app. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this is exciting to me as someone who has never used a dating app, but definitely once wrote a pilot about a guy who writes pickup lines. I was for about women to say, is this your pilot? Apps. Right. It's so crazy. Uh, so no one directly was checking for me, but the fact that the opportunity came to my desk and like I would love to achieve my, you know, 14-year-old dream of like being hitch, you right. know. Oh wow, uh, yeah. I could see I could see you watching that movie and really identifying. Yeah, yeah. Definitely probably peeled a little too much from what is a movie that didn't age entirely gracefully. I mean, uh, I identified with Kevin James, I think, in that in that <laughs> movie. <laughs> What I will say, the biggest takeaway that I got from the movie Hitch was uh, the dance moves. Not Kevin James's, but Will Smith's advice to stay home. Right here. Elbows tucked. Right here. We need no pizza. Oh, that was a classic scene. Just right here. And that is exactly how I uh, Millie Rock, or the lack thereof. That is, Hitch is just a classic, mediocre men pulling savagely fine women you know it's yeah. just like we we've we've seen that nobody, more than enough times <laughs> nobody out punched his weight in all of his films better than kevin james he was the king of queens like and he had a very attractive wife the whole time and he was like it wasn't really bringing a lot to the table king of queens just like sounds like a fucking stop and frisk show i don't know that show just screams stop and frisk to me king of queens now sounds like a, a really awesome bravo like drag race style show yes to me. oh yeah um so look we're just progressing forward into the 20s you know what i'm saying remixing shit the way that we, we always doing on television right. did you hear that speaking of remixing stuff well i'll tell you what i am checking for what i'm checking for is the new comeback of the Powerpuff Girls. Have you heard about this? Oh my gosh, no. They are remixing and returning the Powerpuff Girls. Uh, Powerpuff Girls in their late 20s, uh, mid-adulthood or whatever, now reflecting on and resenting their childhood life as superheroes. That's cute. Is it animated? Probably. I don't know. I'm uh, like, I, I, saw I could never you know. really even watch Powerpuff Girls because I did not have cable. So it was always just like, Ah, like saw the billboard, you know what I mean? Oh, that's tough. You know, sugar spice uh, and what is this sugar spice and a little something nice with the little ingredient X? Yo, I used to get down and they had the evil monkey that was fighting Mojo Jojo. I was like, oh shit, here we go. Powerpuff, my shit. Fuck, I gotta go. I gotta binge Powerpuff. I gotta binge it. 
just fucking watch that shit on YouTube. I love I love a YouTube watch. I bet it's on there. All right. So I mean, look, now you got something else to check for. Do you, nobody was checking for you. You've been inside. That's safe. That's smart. Um, have you been checking for anything in particular? I've been I've been checking for probably the same thing that I'm usually checking for, which is um, socialism. You right. know, right. I'm just sort of checking for a socialist nation who is friendly to Jews and gays to kind of just envelop me into its teeth where I can mm. just sort of like peacefully suckle like a good mm. little proletariat. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I feel like this presidential election, especially like there was like all this fear mongering on the right, like, like, oh, you vote for Biden and you're going to get like potato lines. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have a ration card and have to wait in line for your potatoes. And I'm like, I'm good with the potato line. You know what I mean? Like I like to know, great, a ration. I know exactly how much I'm getting. I know it's the same as the person behind me. I know where to go. This seems like consistency. This seems like a lot of transparency. Like Get me a potato line fucking tomorrow, you know? You know what? You know what? I hear you loud and clear in practice, in theory. But in practice, I've been to your kitchen, and I feel like we've said this on the pod before. You got way too many spices in your white <laughs> cupboard to be out here talking about eating 13 different types of potatoes all day. You know what I'm saying? Right. Your socialist nation going to need a little bit bigger cafeteria. You feel me? That's um, true. But I tell you what, in the socialist uh, utopia that you are describing, I imagine it will probably be pretty matriarchal. Yes. Uh, which brings me to the next thing that I'm checking for for the next 31 days uh, or however many days it is in March. You know, it seems like there's been 365 days in March for the past year. Uh, Women's yeah. History Month, yo. Wow. Let's go. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the pussy. That's like those yeah. Women's History Month slogan. <laughs> no, just kidding. You don't have to have a pussy to be a woman. We know this. We know this. Pussy does not equal womanhood. Pussy does not equal womanhood. Remember that song, folks? Remember that song, you little cis fuckers. Anyways, uh, Women's History uh, Women's History Month, it's among us, Cody. It you is. got a bone to pick with someone regarding women's history. I do. You're actually just ooping me right into Gibbs of the Week because I have many a bone to pick. And it's Miles who needs to get they big right the fuck on out of here. So why don't we just, before I get to rather bring in the music and then we'll come back and we'll get to Gibbs of the Week. Welcome back. Ain't nobody checking for me, pod. It is time for what has quickly become my favorite segment uh, of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, friends, foes, family, if you're not familiar, this is Gibbs of the Week, where we get to our opportunity to tell one goofy-ass motherfucker to get they big on out of here. And this week's Gibbs of the Week is, drumroll please, <laughs> men who refer to women as females. 
Oh my goodness. Let me pull up my sleeves. Men who refer to women as females, get your big females be like, lame ass out of here. Your undercooked attempt to belittle an entire gender based off an experience you had with one girl in high school and another at age 22 who refused to top your shit after a date night at Applebee's reeks of small dick energy. So small. Females be like, present in damn near every species. So if you're too scared to specify that you're talking about uh, women and too shy to just tag the one that got away, then save it for the cuckolds anonymous clubhouse room you so perfectly fit into. Get show big. My technical terms defy toxicity. Dictionary having ass out of here. Never have I ever seen a scarier gaggle of goof ass guys trying to fly below the radar of fuckery by leaning on a biology book. Listen closely, gentlemen. Sex is science. Gender's a construct. And you're a cancer to society. The bud light on your breath suggests you use the term alpha male non-ironically. And likely, likely need a beta blocker to take down the high blood pressure you've worked up in rage typing comments in the section of women who don't want to fuck you. Get your big bucket hat too tight, supreme shirt too small, Jordans with the crease and hoodies with the grease stain wearing, who needs a headboard anyway, mattress on the floor sleeping, blog backlash fearing, mom, where's my laundry, whining ass out of here. And if you think I'm out here simping for some pussy, then you should know that you're a part of the problem and a big reason why all of us aren't having more sex with less inhibitions, you archaic dipshit. Wow, damn. Put me in, coach, put me in, tag me in, put me in, put me in. Oh, let me go. Males who call women females. You need to get your big dog breeder. I got males. I got females. I got purebreds. Face <laughs> ass. Females. Female. I mean, are you talking about a human or a fucking golden retriever nursing a litter of pups? Face ass. Females, you sound like a disrespectful anatomy book, okay? You need to get your big intro to health fucking freshman year sex ed. How does a vagina open up? I'm putting a condom on a banana and Googling what is fingering face as. And and, and just like beyond that, just like on a simple human to human level, get your real rude ass, fucking mannerless ass, right? Which yo, I came from a woman, was almost raised by a woman, but then I was stolen away in the middle of the night by a pack of wolves and they were the ones who actually reared me, which is why I'm emotionally stunted face ass. In conclusion, in conclusion, men who call women females, get pegged, okay? Try anal on the receiving end and learn a little bit about yourself son we got a great guest guys yo let's you know what let's bring her in here she's a woman Right, welcome, welcome back into the virtual studio. Listeners, today for you, we have a treat. It is the fantastic Natalie Griffin, a writer, cartoonist, and performer responsible for the hilarious and ever-hitting webcomic Great Job Nat. The once Stanford engineer and national championship soccer player has since graduated to writing and producing short films, web series, and a slew of slow cooking TV projects that I'm not even sure I can mention on air. She's also responsible for a brand new live drawing series called The Real You, where over the course of one enjoyably existential interview, she sketches a 100% accurate representation of your essence. 
Natalie Griffin, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, Nat? What's up? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what How was that for you? Okay, so I knew that I was going to be uncomfortable, like I said, um, but you surpassed. You've really, you've really jumped over the bar where I'm like, wow, I... I guess I do do those things. I feel I feel good, but also uncomfortable, but mostly good. It's great to have you. It's great to meet you. Um, always great to meet folks in this virtual way. Um, I took the deep dive. I, I did my homework, learned about you. Hope that doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. Just coming here trying to get my A-plus student on. Um, <laughs> but you have a background. <laughs> you have a background in engineering and athletics, right? Yeah. Correct. Um, and now you're sort of in the depths of just like the creative entertainment industry, just kind of creating from dust till dawn type shit. Um, I'm curious what kind of inspired the jump, the crossover from like the world of very practical into the world that everyone here exists in, which is who knows? Um, well, I guess, so I've always wrote stuff. Like I was really into prose and really into fiction when I was really little. So it's like, that was the stuff that I was writing. It was all very dark. I was a very dark child. Um, not melanin wise, unfortunately. Yeah. I am half Mexican and I do wish I was darker in that regard, but that's a whole other issue. Um, I got my dad's genes. Anyway, um, back to the darkness of my stories. <laughs> they were like very disturbed. People were always being murdered. Women were being murdered. Men were murdering. And my dad was like, what did I do in your life that you're writing these stories? And I was like, I'm <laughs> clearly a ghost. Um, so it was very strange, but then I, again, growing up in that like Mexican immigrant kind of family was like, okay, I should do something practical. So I think I just really, really wanted my, uh, my abuelo to love me. So I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to be a boy. So I'm going to play sports. I'm going to be really good at those sports. And then I'm going to go to college and then be an engineer and then do a bunch of physics and math that I will never use again. Um, but yeah, that's essentially what happened. And then it wasn't until after college because Stanford is very, in some ways, um, it's beautiful, but it's so clean that I was like, I just want to rub some dirt on my body. Like this is just, I need to go somewhere that's more interesting. So went to New York, loved the energy there, moved there, met this crazy old man named Jerry who used to be showrunner of, um, the Jeffersons way back in the Shout day. Jerry. Moving on up. And I met him at a little uh, screenwriting studio that I was like, oh, this place is probably a scam, but whatever, I'm working in tech, I can burn this money, um, money that I don't <laughs> have before. And then uh, Jerry and I just became like buddies. And he was like, stop paying for this class. Like, I'll just teach you outside of whatever. So I wrote like a, a pilot about my college sports experience called Full 90. And that was kind of the beginning and then got a manager and it was sort of off to the, off to the races. Um, between Full 90 and then I drew a really strange animation deck called Sam Handwich. And I think that's what got me my manager. Yo, that's uh, Sam Handwich is still one of my favorite pairs of words that I've ever come across. Um, way to remix it. But all right. So checkery in the world of sports and science is really objective. And like you, you can tell how much work you put in and what the results look like where the arts is like purely subjective. And for someone who was so successful on the sports field and then had, you know, tech money to burn, oh, which one would you say feels tougher to achieve? Because it seems like you've been in the depths of both. 
that objective or that subjective checkery? Um, super different. Also is exactly what I've been thinking about so deeply and muchly uh, because I'm putting together the a pitch based on my webcomic called Great Job Nat. So it's like I'm adapting it for like a half hour version. And in doing so, it's like I've had to unpack what the angst in the webcomic is, which is really based on the difference between living a life that was extremely objective to then going into a life that was very subjective um, in terms of like how to accomplish things. So at least when it's objective, when it's sports, it's like, you know, essentially it's like, I don't know, the entire pitch is now based around this idea that again, going back to my grandpa, it was like, what does it mean to do a good job? And when I was growing up, my grandpa was like, you don't need to be told when you're doing a, a great job. You know, when you're doing a great job, you just need to be told when you're, when you basically fuck up um, mm. and then fix it. So at least then though, I always knew because that really, really worked in sports. It was like, okay, every weekend I win or I lose and I kind of know who I am. And then right. I know if I need to kind of regroup and then be better. So that was really reassuring and really damaging in a different way. This oh, yeah. Is, oh, yeah. Now, you know, that was like damaging in one way. Okay. So it's like now that's like one version of um, trauma. And then like, <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm not good enough. And it's in the math of my life. Um, you become a number and the number is either bad or good. And then you mm-hmm. from the ages of eight to 22 exist in that space. So then moving though into like then the loose noodles initially it was like a breath of fresh air where I was like oh it's just like art it's like I can just kind of do whatever I want to do and I can finally say what Mm -hmm. I want to say as opposed to you know needing to be coachable which I never was like lots of finger quotations I forgot this is a podcast um and (laughs) so uh, (laughs) I'm doing finger quotations um but yeah so then it became uncomfortable in a different way when I was like oh shit like now okay now it's subjective now it's all on me. And then that was like a different kind of self-critical where, um, yeah, it's like, because there is no like then process, it all always feels like it's taking too long because mm-hmm. it's like, I don't have the punctuation anymore. It's like one big run on sentence. So it's just a different feeling. Um, but hard on myself in both, but maybe that's just because that's, you know, who I am. Everybody's always telling me to chill out and I'm like, I am chill. Um, yeah, that's, that's so true though. I grew up playing basketball and it was truly like either I'm dunking on them or I'm getting dunked on, you know what I mean? It is one or the other, just a beautiful little binary to exist in. And then I feel like when I really, you know, leaned into my creative side, it sort of shifted to, I'm not really sure what's going on, but I'm just going to assume everyone's dunking on me. You know what I mean? (laughs) With little to no evidence. So uh, your words are resonating. Now, Matt, because I know you, I know there are some big name folks following. Great job, Matt. Uh, But followers don't always mean dollars. So are you a full-time creator right now or are you doing a handful of hustles on the side? How How are we staying afloat these days? Um, so now it's, it's kind of funny cause it goes as y'all I'm sure now back and forth where it's like, I was on a right. show, um, doing the whole writer's assistant thing for a show called Dr. Death, uh, before the pandemic and then pandemic hit and then everything kind of, that was even already so uncertain then fell apart right. even more. So, um, now I'm doing, I mean, actually you even know the company, I'm still doing stuff for the mental health company that you for were who? doing some real stuff for. Yeah. So the main freelance thing that I'm doing right now. Um, And then right now also just figuring out, I don't know, I'm careful with the webcomic because it's not something that I want to ever like pander to. I kind of like 
that it is, I don't, I don't know. I don't do like a lot of self-promotion because I, it just feels wrong. So I'm like, what weird culty shit, like doing the little show, for example, of drawing people. I also want to experiment with like doing essentially a gallery show on Instagram live where I've drawn things and then taped them to my walls and have an auction off the pieces. Whatever weird things I can do in that is, is good. But that's why it's like, I I'm okay with that taking longer and then doing the freelance thing for now. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a, we had a guest just kind of say something similar um, to that. Yeah. It's like, you don't want it to compromise. I mean, some people do, but I'm like, I don't want it to compromise the integrity of the, of the work, I guess, or of the, of the brand of the lack of brand. You gotta, you gotta keep it pristine and clean. Right. And then other days you're like, I'll be whatever you want me to be. I'm your puppet, big man on campus who controls me. Right now I'm like, yes, I truly wanted to just like stay art. And then Doritos is like, do you want to do a spot for us? And I'm like, yeah, I like love nacho cheese. So (laughs) totally. Doritos is my daddy. Um, So I t- so I as I said I took the deep dive into your IG. Honestly, loved what I saw. I think one of my favorite findings was a comic you made. I believe it was I forget what the when the date was that it dropped. I want to say in the summer, but it's like it depicts a woman wearing a tank top, and the, on the tank top it says "worried," but also like "fine." Do you know the one I'm oh, talking yeah. about? Yes. Yes. Like, wow, I have not ever felt so seen in a single comic. Just like talk about the state of my personal psyche 24-7. Is this also the state of yours? I know this is our first meeting. Also, safe place to be like, I don't want to tell you that person (laughs) I've just met. Um, I'm to a fault an open book. So perfect, um, perfect, perfect. But yeah, no, I'm always worried. But like, fine and also just in attached to the worried thing just yeah I don't know it's like a a lot of I think blank like but also fine in the sense it's like I should also know way more than I do but I'm like fine I should be doing something that's maybe more useful for the world but it's like fine I I don't know I I, is my work just like is it self-centric I feel like maybe that's like a bad choice that I've made in life but it's like fine so that's I think kind of the the thing but yeah worried but like fine then seems to just encapsulate the entire that entire kind of feeling absolutely it, I think it's also like for me it's very similar to like my a lot of my creative energy can come from a, my neurotic state um so I don't know is there, there I feel like there's a delicate balance between like harnessing neurosis to create and then like letting your neurosis harness you is this something that you sometimes feel as well Oh yeah. I mean, again, the webcomic has been like a beautiful and terrible thing because now it's just like unhinged. I was describing <laughs> it to like, um, my uh, therapist slash uh, witch doctor the other day. She was, um, I was like trying to get down to what, why my head felt so chaotic, but I'm like now because of the webcomic, not only do I have like the typical sort of just like lumbering beasts of ideas that are like kind of always toddling around my head and making me feel lopsided I also now have just like random swarms of bees that like now have a purpose it's like they're all small (laughs) ideas like this is funny like is it what and it's like this is funny write it down and I'm like it doesn't have any like use to any of my scripts or any of the longer form things but now I also write those down so I'm like well it could become a shirt that says worried but fine um so it's like it is 
it, it's both things. It really helps for like all the neuroticism, but then also, I'm like, what does it mean to just live a simple life? <laughs> I don't uh, know anymore. Um, so yeah. It's like, it feels like this uh, swinging pendulum between uh, high anxiety and absolute apathy. You know, like, where <laughs> am I going? Dude, dude. You just squeeze it all out and then I'm like, oh, and I collapse. Right. Yeah. Right. But I, I mean, one of my favorite things about the great job in that comic is how in a multitude of ways, either with images of people or fun uh, decision charts or uh, other Venn diagram graphics, you, you always find a way to have these terribly relatable and vulnerable ideas like internal monologues and thoughts. And it makes me wonder if like you have everyone under constant surveillance or the you're reaching into the inner depths uh, of yourself. And, and so I'm curious if you feel like you're an observational comic or do you just feel like we're all so deeply similar in our humanity because you'd be hitting shit right on the head. Right on the head, like the doink type shit. Yeah, I think, uh, I guess it's kind of both. I think the thing that I want to make sure in anything that I do or in like my general maybe outlook it's always to try to continue informing it with people too that are not in the immediate circle of how like I already feel. So it's like, I do talk to, I like, I have like a small ring of, for example, just I problematic friends who I know are that, or just like <laughs> older people, people that I just know are going to be like, people aren't born gay. And I'm like, yeah, tell me more. Um, so it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, where's that coming from? Um, because then weirdly, I think even in that, in like expanding that initial kind of like already like little baked in stuff where it's like, I can make the little comics, it retains its relatability, I think in like a more surprising way, because then I also make sure to have outside voices that are not in my little vacuum or my little echo chamber, I guess has been the, the term. So you're out here in our eyes, you're fucking crushing it. We understand that. We understand the reality of hearing someone say you're crushing it and you being like, why is everyone lying to me? But we collectively and nobody checking for you pod thinks that you're crushing it. You're just kind of like churning out illustrated comedic excellence with what seems like ease on a regular basis. I guess our question, knowing that that is kind of the reality we're working from, uh, we would want like to know, do you feel checked for in your current state? Yeah, I guess at this point, I feel like at a weird place that I've never quite felt before where it's like when I was 23 and absolutely nobody was checking for me at all. Um, and I was like, people are going to be checking for me. But it was like, no, you're 23 and you have no idea what you're doing. Um, and I think now I just feel at a point where I'm like, okay, I feel like everything is like bubbling at a, um, in like a, I don't know, I guess I feel like it's right on the point of having like a degree of recognition that I want in some sense. Like, I think the, again, the comic has been good for that because it's like, however small or big that community ever is, I just like that I have it as like a nice little experimental whatever. Um, but it's also then in being able to just like put all of my like little ideas there has freed up brain space for like the bigger ones where I guess what I'm saying is I feel like those are getting to a point where I'm like, great. I feel like these now can be responsibly seen by others in a way where it's like, I actually want them to be checked for as opposed to just kind of like flipping stuff out because I'm desperate and panicking. So it feels yeah. like grounded. It's like, I, like, I guess more grounded in that sense than in the past where I like reach for that. 
And I feel like, I guess to maybe sort of answer your question, I'm like, yes, in a way that I like, like a good, I don't know. It's like, I feel like I have a good balance. That That's beautiful. Yeah. That sounds super healthy to me. I, I love the idea of having matured in a place of creation and like value of your own stuff that it just would make sense if people were checking for me right now. And if they are, they're going to come back with a positive representation of what I'm doing, but there are bigger things I'm concerned about, you know, that's right. That, and it's like, and I still have my totally petty, stupid moments where I put up a comic right. and I'm like, why did this one get no likes? Uh, right. I'm horrible. So it's, I still do that stupid thing too. But. Yeah. And which also something else I've been wondering about for myself is like, how do feeling feelings of checkery, like whether or not I feel sought after, checked for, like affect my ability to create? Because like sometimes I feel like if I put something out that does really well, like a video or whatever, I'm like, I can never top that. I peaked at, <laughs> I peaked with this internet video. You know what I mean? Or like if I, you know, if you put out some, like you'd mentioned, like a comic that like doesn't get the, 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 you know, social media applause that you think it might, you know, I could, there's a world where you're like, well, I'm, I'm thrown in the hat. You know what I mean? Does your, does yeah. that, the feelings of checkery kind of impact your, you know, creative output at all? Oh, totally. In a way that is so stupid. Um, because, I mean, social media is like a horrible machine as we've all come to know. And yet it's really strange because we then keep stepping into the fire where we're like, this is <laughs> um, but I'm going to still, I'm just going to stand on this slow burning candle. Um, so I, yeah, it definitely does. But in a way where it's like now, I guess like I, I feel like I understand, for example, why certain things don't function as well on social media and why that doesn't really matter. Like there are big projects that I really want to make that I think are you know, that goes so far beyond what like the webcomic can do in like its tiny little space, but they both like have a place. It's not something that, yeah, I guess I used to feel beholden to like what functions well in the Instagram square, which is ridiculous. Um, because yeah, and some comics just work better too, because they're quick. So it's like Instagram is so fast that it's like, Oh, I get this. I think it's funny. haha, And it does really well as opposed to some more story-based ones that do well with then also like a different, demographic of person like it's interesting to see right. even like the people that i know on the webcomic which ones they like and it's usually they like the ones that i like more which is also funny because it's like okay well then if i'm gonna be i guess i don't know over worried about what random strangers are liking that's just also silly it's like it's kind of nice to then see the smaller numbers of people that like that i respect more and like whatever maybe their work or just like they're like my best friends or whatever they kind of get the maybe more subversive, maybe slightly meaner, maybe slightly darker thing that I don't put into like the pop whatever comic that everybody's like, right. that was great. And I'm like, I don't know. But now I kind of realize it's like, eh. it's also so random and yeah. don't worry about it. The randomness aside, the high production level, putting out such a, putting out stuff at such a high clip is, you know, astounding considering the state of the world and uh, how much it costs to just be a human and wake up in the morning. Um, so I suppose, what would you say then is your biggest motivating factor to keep creating? And beyond that, what does your like pie in the sky 
checkery look like? What does the world, according to Great Job Nat, look like when you really keep hammering and, and get to where you think you want to be? I just want to be known for my thoughts. I want to be known as like a bag of my thoughts. I want them to impact like impact people positively in a funny way, in a way that I think is also maybe just like an alternative version of what like a female means because it's something I used to run from. So it's sort of like this kind of mixed bag of experimental storytelling that I think I just want to be able to then, I guess, do with a team of people that like, I really respect. So it's like, it's finding those people. It's sort of like putting together that puzzle. That's sort of like what the life goal is. And I'm not even going to pretend that I want to know what this eventually is supposed to turn into. I'm just like, I guess a long time ago, the best way that I thought to, um, I guess like kind of articulated to a friend, I asked them a question that somebody had asked me, which is, um, what, if you could give like a Ted talk in something, what would it be? Which is like, I, you know, bristle at uh, the term Ted talk for obvious reasons, but what they meant was like, what do you consider yourself to be an expert in? And I was like, Oh, rhetoric. I want to be able to know my rhetoric so well in terms of even the cadence of, of how I speak or the tone that I use for certain things or whatever, that then in whatever team that I join and whatever people that I meet, it's clear how I can click into their life and how they can click into mine. That was the most streamlined and understanding bunch of chaos that I've ever heard. I was hoping it was something. That was it. What would I give a TED Talk on? What would you give a TED Talk on, Cody? I would give a TED Talk on lying, probably. Like I would do one where like the whole thing was a lie. And then the last two minutes i was like you see y'all fell for all that shit so what i'm saying is nothing is real and nothing matters you know what i'm saying but it's not a lie because i told you i was playing you know i love that right thank you for coming thank you for coming to my ted talk my actual name is cody you know what i mean Mm -hmm. right fuck them up i would do like the feeling of being in trouble <laughs> that's a perpetual that's state I live in. <laughs> the feeling of be of like oh, I'm so sorry. Immediately about like in trouble, in trouble energy. You know. Um, okay, something we ask all of our guests who come on uh, before we get out of here: What do you want folks checking for from you currently? So this is your plug moment. Got it. Um, always the web comic. That's where like I put a bunch of random things. So. Um, great job, Nat, on the Instagram. Um, I, yeah, I was like, I was went into like social media brain. I was like, what else is there? But really just the Instagram, like that's it. Um, and then I, it's going to be a while for this thing, but, um, I am doing, like I said, that one woman show called Cake and Violence, which I'm filming now is almost like a weird, again, experimental, like mini feature because of live shows aren't really going to be a thing until next mm-hmm. year. So I'm going to kind of send it out as almost like an album to then do performances after. But Cake and Violence is a very strange show in which I um, smash a bunch of cakes and um, help the audience of whomever is watching feel in touch again with their own body. Um, it's based entirely around my sexual attraction to cakes, but really gets, you know, we go beyond that um, and keep coming back to it. So there's that. And that will be, I'm shooting it in April. So I'm hoping to have that by the, by the summer. That's, that's when that will come out. Um, but yeah, other than that, really just great job, Nat. That's what I'll be doing like all of my strange experimental stuff and TV projects. Like Cody said, 
Who knows? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know the who knows. They'll probably be made when I'm 50. Um, so that'll just, you know, that's where that all is. There you go. There you go. Listen to her. Well, Nat, thank you so much for coming on the show and sitting down with us. It has been such a joy to get to know you. Talk, talk it up, talk shop. Um, I am Rachel Jarofsky. I'm Cody Wilkins. We just heard from Nat Griffin at Great Job Nat. Ladies, gentlemen, and lovely listeners from all over, thank you so much for tuning in. It's time for us to be out.